listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. I am Barbara Bickham. Welcome. Can you say your name in one line, your name, your title, and the name of your fund? Hi, my name is Abby Lyle, and I am Vice President at Big Idea Ventures. Thanks, Abby. So what inspired you to become a venture capitalist? So I had a really interesting journey into venture I have always been a venture capitalist ever since I graduated from college. It was my first job out of undergrad, and I've worked in it ever since, which is a bit of an unusual story for VC. I feel like you generally see folks that did investment banking first or consulting first and then found their way into it later. So I was a student at NYU when I first learned about venture capital I was studying finance and computer science. I was really passionate about and interested in the tech space. And I fell into starting a company by accident. Uh, A friend and I entered a business plan competition through our school. We ended up getting a lot of introductory grant money from NYU to launch the business. And we ran the business for two years. And even though we failed miserably at it, we were college kids who knew nothing about running a business. We definitely made all the mistakes and learned things the hard way. But that was what really showed me that entrepreneurship was what I was passionate about and that startups were where I wanted to build my career. And if I wasn't going to found a company yet, I wanted to work for a startup or do something that supported the building of startups and and supported the startup ecosystem and and, and helping out founders who were making that leap and taking that risk. That was the initial inspiration. Having that experience starting a company, even though we failed, even though it was rocky, was really what showed me that was the the path that I wanted to pursue instead of a more conventional finance or tech career, which uh, I think is is great for a lot of people, but wasn't a great big company like what wasn't a fit for me. So I, when I was winding down my company, a, I met a founder of a venture capital fund called Quake Capital, who he was also an oh, NYU man. alum. We'd known each other. They have an office in LA. So you yes, can- I think I met Brandon. Oh yeah. So Brandon is uh, an NYU alum also. So I met Brandon Meyer. who's, who's Brandon Meyer. Yes. Quake. I met him as well. Awesome. Small world. Wow. Yes. So he was an NYU alum. He graduated a few years before I did. And when I, we were winding down our startup, he approached me. He knew I was about to graduate, knew I wanted to do something in the startup space. And he approached me about joining the Quake team as an early employee. I joined, I joined that team as the second employee, ran our accelerator in New York for several years, worked with about 70, 75 companies across industries, and then transitioned into my role with, with BIV in July of 2019. 
So tell me a little bit about what your investment thesis is and what is the motivation behind your thesis? That's an exciting question. I love answering that question. So we're focused on solving global climate change and other big problems facing humanity and future generations by backing the world's greatest entrepreneurs. That's Big Idea Ventures Investment Thesis. And we're starting with food and agriculture. So super mission-driven, impact-focused fund. Our initial focus is food and agriculture because that's where our founding partners' backgrounds are and, 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 and where our networks are and, and the industry where we think we can add the most value. So we have three different funds. The first fund is called the New Protein Fund, and it is a $50 million fund that's focused on pre-seed and seed stage investments in alternative protein. So anything you would eat in place of Like meat. the impossible meat people. Isn't that an alternative protein? It is. Yeah, yeah. So we count alternative protein as anything you would eat in place of meat, dairy, or seafood. So that's plant-based. So impossible foods is a plant-based meat. That would be an example of one. I'm not. It would be. This is not investment advice, ladies. (laughs) It is not. And we are not, we're not an investor in Impossible. We're, so that fund is focused on pre-seed and seed stage investments. So Impossible would be, uh, would be too, they've raised too much money for. It wouldn't be possible to participate in that. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It would be impossible with the amount of (laughs) we currently have. (laughs) Um, So that's the first fund. And then we have two additional funds. We have a fund called Generation Food. That's a larger fund, 250 million and that is focused on innovations in food and agriculture around food waste, plastic waste, CO2 emissions, mm-hmm. and water. We're taking, those are the four big challenges that our corporate partners and the corporates that we work with. So we have a lot of corporate investors. Tyson Foods is the anchor oh, the new protein fund. Our chief investment officer who, who runs the Generation Food Fund actually used to work for Tyson and, and, and okay. he came over to join us to launch that fund. So it's based around the issues that these large corporations, many of whom we work with, are facing and providing a really great pipeline of innovation that will be able to solve challenges for those big corporations and for the food system as a whole in those four areas. So that's um, great. That's a later stage fund. We're focused on Series A and above investments. 10 million or more in those four areas. And then the third fund is called Generation Food Rural Partners. It's a $125 million fund and is focused on commercializing university intellectual property related to food and agriculture. Okay. So uh, we partner with universities to build venture centers where we examine their IP and we do a startup studio model where we spin out businesses related to the IP, install great management teams, give them a little bit of funding and then help them grow and scale from there. That's cool. Wow. That's awesome. I love that you're working in that sustainable area. We have that as well here at WIFAX. We like sustainability as well. The big companies, all of our companies that come through here have sustainability plans for one year. And then we track it. Mm -hmm. It's so important because if we don't solve those issues, there won't be any markets left to capitalize on, right? (laughs) If we don't solve basic problems of saving our planet and feeding ourselves and and making sure that everyone has access to basic things, there won't be any space for anything else. You've got to solve all those basic challenges. Well, yeah. If you can't do basic life, shelter, food, what's the other one? There's one other one. Yeah. Basic necessities of life. 
no room for anything else. Your quality of life is not that great. Right. Period. Like if you don't have those basic things. Exactly. And that's not accessible to everybody. You don't have much of a society. True. So what are you currently learning or listening to or reading? Interesting. So I actually don't listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> no, that's odd. Because we're you could on be reading podcast. something. You could be learning something. <laughs> yes. You might not have time to listen to Yeah, that. so I'm learning. Hopefully you'll yes. be listening to this. Um, I'm learning. <laughs> yes, I'll be listening to this one though. <laughs> uh, this, yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. I So I've been learning a ton lately about later stage due diligence just through the, my new work on the Generation Food Fund, while previously mm-hmm. I've been focused on pre-seed and seed stage deals. So that's been my big learning focus area. For folks who are interested in a book recommendation about venture capital or just learning the basics of venture capital, Venture Deals by Brad Feld. That's is the best. I recommend that to everybody. Brad totally Feld's book, 100%. Have to read that. Absolutely. <laughs> that's actually awesome. like a... That's actually like a venture capital dictionary, for lack of a it better really word. It really is. It's got it all is. the wonderful things in there. I recommend that book to everyone. Everyone yeah. figure this out. I say go read. And I actually recommend it to founders as well. Go read Absolutely. the Venture Deals book from Brad Feld. Right. It's, and it's Jason Mendelson. Read it's it. It's targeted at founders, I think. It is uh, targeted. You know what? It's, it says be smarter than the lawyers and the venture capitalists, but <laughs> right. it is good to, <laughs> it is good to, I really, I, I read the book because I went through, he had this little class and so it went through the venture yeah, yeah. book. And so it was, it actually shows you the mechanics of all the terms, but then there's the other half the venture capitalist has to learn, like how to be a real venture capitalist. So right. is that part of it as well? <laughs> is, is the class is the class good? I, so I read the that book. class is excellent. That class is excellent. Great, well, awesome. You have to get with a good group of people, though. I was with a good because it's, it's like kind of a group class. You get three or four people together. My group was really good, but if you have a bad group, I could see how that wouldn't be the best. But the book is excellent. The book is wonderful, and he has a blog. Brad Feld's blog yeah. is great his, as well. His blog is good as well. Absolutely. So that's my professional book recommendation. And my personal book recommendation that I give everybody is a book called The Four Agreements. Ah, um, I read that one too. Amazing. Isn't that's it such a really book? good book? It's a life-changing book. It just oh puts God. you in a mindset of abundance, in my opinion, yeah. that I think is so important. So yeah, so that's my that's so my business book. My life. What is your favorite agreement of the four agreements? Clearly, I've read both of those books. So. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite agreement of the four agreements? I'm curious. The one about being impeccable with your word, that's I think, important. so powerful. Just so powerful. I, I think it's very easy, particularly in a heated climate like the one that we're in with so much going on. It's very easy to just shoot your mouth off. And I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to speak my mind and likes to say what I think. And I, I think that's good to an extent. You want to be true to yourself and you want to be true to what you believe in. But at the same time, understanding where that person's coming from and where they're at and what they have going on in their life and, and being sensitive to that. And I think if you can successfully balance both of those things, you will be so successful in life and in business. Absolutely. So if we're talking in two years, it's 2022, how have you seen venture capital evolve? 
I think that the two big things that I think are going to happen, I think the first thing which we're already starting to see happen is focus on profitability and business sustainability as well as or even in place of breakneck speed growth. I think we've seen examples of huge companies that have raised tons of venture money and gotten massive. I won't name any names, but folks listening can probably think of a few examples where it's becoming obvious now that the unity economics of their business model weren't all that great to begin with. Um, So I think that's something that venture capitalists are starting to take note of. And I think if you're looking Mm -hmm. at companies that are being funded this year and even parts of last year and the questions VCs are asking, you're going to start to see that factored in more. And then from a thesis perspective, and I'm I'm a little biased here because we're a mission-driven fund and we're all about sustainability, but I think we're going to start to see the bigger focus on the big problems that are solving real challenges like back to what we were saying before about the needing food and water and shelter and these basic needs and and, and those becoming more and more pressing challenges. I think we're going to start to see more of a shift of focus towards funding people that are building groundbreaking technologies and coming up with groundbreaking ideas in those areas instead of just a way to build an app and make a quick buck. I think those are the two fundamental shifts that we're going to see. Wow, that's interesting. So How do people contact you? You can send me an email, abby, A-B-Y, at bigideaventures.com. If you're building a startup in the space, we'd love to to chat with you. If you're an investor in the space with some overlap with what we're doing, we'd love to chat. I will caveat that I, I don't accept people on LinkedIn that I have not met. And the reason for this, I get this question a lot because I get lots of random people adding me on LinkedIn. The reason is that I really like to help founders and other investors. So when I meet somebody, I'll tell them to look through my LinkedIn connections and, and let right. me know if there's anybody that I can be helpful with an intro. And I love doing that. It's, it's, it's one of the, the best ways that I've found to add value to founders and investors and others in the space. And I can't do that if I don't have only people on there that I actually would feel comfortable making. Right. That makes sense. That's why my LinkedIn is that way as well. I know pretty much about 95%. There's there's about 5% I could probably boot off. But what you said is important because how can you really, like, that's the power of your network. How can you really help someone if, if they don't, if you don't really know their capability, it's very difficult. Absolutely. But my email inbox is a free for all. So um, if you're a stranger, please feel free to to shoot me an email. Um, I read every single email, even if I don't respond to them all. It will get opened and it will get read. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Abby, from Big Idea Ventures for being on the Female VC Lab podcast. I appreciate your story and your journey. Thanks so much for sharing. Thank you so much, Barbara, for having me. It was a really great time and um, hoping that some people uh, learn some things from this and, and be inspired by it. That would be my hope. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion-dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin, T-R-A-I-L-Y-N dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple, 
on Spotify and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.